Pardon me, miss. Would you mind placing the bet for me? As you can see, it's terribly difficult for me to reach the table. Sure. What number would you like? Oh, the way my luck's been running. Would you pick a number for me? <laughs> I could use all the luck I can get. numbers but they pay out only 36 times now they've added an extra an extra slot yeah so they're just like taking a little more off the top just passing here you're really gonna get thrown out oh i mean this is, i'm just stating the facts no they're only worried about people who are cheating yeah. i'm not cheating <laughs> i'm just telling i'm just i'm just <laughs> stating the facts i'm being honest 
Yeah, like, like, the record to reflect that you have in fact not brought any luck since your arrival. Okay, but there's only been one roll. It keeps on going on 18. This is an age of consent. Been, look at that 318 last a, like seven rounds. That's shocking. 313s and 318s. Okay. I this is care. a full-on age of consent debate happening at the at the blackjack table. All right, you're doing 20. time was in 1993 when I was eight years old. We stayed at MGM, which was also the rage, but Mirage was a little bit more the rage because Steve Wynn just had a little, had that Steve Wynn magic. And this was his uh, kind of first major creation. Of course, it had, it had, remember, the Wi-Fi here is MGM. Well, MGM owns it. Kind of MGM owns like a bunch of uh, a bunch of hotels now. Has for a while. Bellagio, this Treasure Island, uh, all the MGM, I think you know, named ones. They're all MGM. I'm like hanging on by the thread of my my clothing. Don't gamble away your entire Freedom Fest. 
Now you tie your Freedom Fest. Your entire Freedom Fest feed. I did well at the back check table playing with Yeah, no, he did plenty well. I came here. Uh, I came to Feeder Fest in 2004. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was my first and last, my first and only trip. They're very, they're, they're very slow to come by, aren't they? They're very slow to come by. But the whole point of this thing is to tip like you're a fucking king and to drink your booze and to be treated like. a that's the whole. That's what. That's that's what it's all about. And that's why people come here. You, you're a big wig for a night. He had a system. It's pretty simple. It just Keep looks it complicated. Yeah, with exactly. all the fucking shit on the. And I don't like all the like audience participation. I like right. much more like elegant vibe. Right. I don't like when people are very rambunctious. You don't like when they're screaming and going, "Yeah, baby, that's yeah, they the." They just keep that to themselves. Right. Well, the, I feel like the, the the highest echelon of elegance is those baccarat tables in the uh, cordon d'off area where it's just like one, you know, like the high limit or high minimum, whatever. But I feel like there you have something to prove by like being with the riffraff, as long as their behavior is equally respectful. Yeah, I see. You like the medium. You like the... Uh, I don't like being... I don't... If I dare, I feel like obligated to like lose six figures and yeah. prove that I belong there. Yeah. Like the pressure I'd rather do without. Just to justify your the suite that they get, the high roller suite yeah, that, they, exactly. that, they, that they get you. Get out! Oh, that's so sad. Let's see this. Okay. I'm sorry I didn't Thank bring you. the. Uh, no, you brought, you brought the opposite. Your luck was rancid. I cast the Paul. Yeah, but I got I expedited your exit and perhaps saved you money in the long run, though. Sure. <laughs> These are the high. This is what I was talking about. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> These are the high rollers. These are the high rollers. Well, and I just, I'll just watch. This is for David. The, I'm gonna, if I, if like David notices some gigantic debits in my account, I'm gonna blame you for having said, "Oh, you should go into the high roller room. It's just waiting for you there." <laughs> Let's just wait. I have to get that out of my system. Okay. Yeah. Also, I have to hurry so because if my numbers come in now, right.
Right. That's when you want to kill yourself. Yes, so yes, did you just right. arrive today? I just arrived an hour ago, yeah. From I, where? From LA. I live in LA. So it's like, what, a 90-minute flight or something? It's not even. It's like 40-minute flight. Yeah, yeah. But it's the first time I've ever flown here. I've been here maybe 30 times. Oh, you've always driven? I've always driven because it's just hop in the car four hours. It's a not, it's it's just you have the freedom of leaving whenever the hell you want. Um, How long is it to drive? Just like two hours? Four hours. Four, four hours. hours yeah. right. If there's no, if you don't go on, if you don't leave in the worst possible time, which is like Friday afternoon. Right. So you're like an inveterate gambler who's here constantly, basically. I, I mean, I, 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 it's such a. It's such a fixture of growing up in LA, if you're of a certain, you know, if you're not a dweeb, yeah. to, to, to go on the Vegas weekend with totally with the guys, with the girls, with yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. and and so it's just it's part of this. It's like it's a whole genre of escape, the Vegas weekend. Uh huh. Um, two to three nights. The the there's a whole like I, I can plot it out. There's a there's a three act structure to the whole weekend every single time. When you're arriving, all hopes on Friday. Uh-huh. Everyone has plans on what they're going to do. Friday night, how they're going to recoup Saturday during the day, but then go hard, hard Saturday night, and then you want, if you have the time, you get that third night to just chill out a little bit, and so there's like, it's always planned. I demanded to see the RuPaul Drag Show live, so I I didn't bought the tickets. Oh, that's cute. He's cute. That's cute. No, I'm just kidding. I bought those kids. I'll be honest. Like my kids love the show. My kids love the show. You're a RuPaul. So let's just get on the record that Anthony's a RuPaul fanatic. I've never. Well, seen no, this is. Like, when is a closet fan? No, because uh, this will have my kids love okay. it. I don't know if you saw, but like, I interviewed Chris Rufo when he was like doing this idiotic claim about how drag is inherently sexual. I, I just watched it last night. I have people. I didn't want to say my kids, but I was like, I have friends who make me watch it because it's actually my kids who love it. They think it's funny. Yeah. And the reason they think it's funny is because it's so fucking cringe. Like they had Nancy fucking Pelosi on the last time and we were like, oh, yeah, yeah. the queen with the ironic clap. No, I, I've been I've been on a tirade against this uh, this uh, drag queen phobia that's uh, that's been stupidly um, activated in the last. Uh, you know, four months, basically, by libs of TikTok. I wish gay culture was like it used to be. I that, wish it was like, raunchy and sexualized. And raunchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish. I wish everyone's getting groomed left now and it's right. Like Nobody's neutered. getting groomed. Yeah. No, like, now all those trans people with all their like phobias about abuse, and they don't ever fucking have sex. It just it's a very desexualized culture, even though they constantly talk about sex and sexual identity. There's no sex in it. It's no, just like abstract. They're, the closest they get to orgasm is when like a $500 GoFundMe donation arrives. Totally. It, it's Wait, a backlog. Is this? this is the... Uh, this is the Siegfried and Roy secret garden. Do you know about Siegfried and Roy? Do you know that they were the? They, they were like they, they they like kind of were like the original campy Las Vegas show people, right? Yeah, they had they did a magic show. I saw it once when I was a kid with tigers, where they would like illusionists. They're illusionists, so they'd make tigers disappear, come out of the over there. They were all tiger fanatics. Do they have like actual uh, animals yeah. here? Uh, if they don't, why are they charging I think money? They do. <laughs> I don't really. I think I they, don't they like animals yeah. in captivity. Yeah, it'll bother you. That's what. Yeah. Well, you know what happened. You know how their career ended after 30 years. One of years. them got it. One of them attacked him. One of them at the, and, like, during the show. Off. During the show. Yeah, during yeah, the show. After 30 them, years. Almost put his face off. And these two are like the gayest, the gayest Like Liberace. People you, they're yeah. like Liberace gay. They're Vegas legends. God, I don't know if there are any of them. Either of them is still alive, but... Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously there was all this, but they were also deeply, deeply in love with their tigers. Like, no, they were really devoted to them. Yeah, but he didn't die, right? He just got like half his face. He didn't off. die, but it was really bad. Look it was. It was like. It Look was what a, you did. You reduced my beautiful stack to just like popper level money. Popper, you still have it. You can still sniff it, okay? The important thing is you still have something to sniff. You have some money in your hand. Do, it's I not over. Zero. And this isn't, we're not even scratching the surface of your Freedom Fest uh, honorarium. It's true, it's true. But it's a long way from the Glenn Greenwald that I was aware of in the 2000s. Uh, you know, the uh, kind of the left, salon. the salon, Glenn Greenwald. Uh, you were writing, I believe, a little bit after the time where Salon had Camille Paglia and David Horowitz, whom I just did an episode with, by the way, uh, writing at the same time. And there was this golden period of Salon where it had like an actual diversity of of, of and interesting it had, people. Like, it had good writers. It was, and you know, it writers. had like a high level of. Now it's just, I mean, nothing's more embarrassing than Salon. Like I haven't even, I can't even aware of it fucking yeah, exists. I don't even know of it. It's you get like a virus if you try to go on the website. Well, and also, I, the only reason I know it exists for sure is because two weeks ago, they published an article that they picked up from some viral tweet without checking. Okay. Typing that some newly enacted law that wasn't even a newly enacted law, but one enacted last year in 2021. Yeah. In Florida, required students and professors to register their political views and ideology. And it's so fucking obvious that no law would actually do that. And yet, right. Salon just published that headline, and then it caused all these people like Stephen King and all these other oh, God, actual Stephen liberal King. influencers to spread it virally all over the internet and then it was so preposterous that even CNN fact-checked it as false. Oh, God. I mean, well, it's similar to the whole, I, it sounds like what they did with the don't say gay framing, which was like... Yeah, but this is where, this is like, I mean, that was just a deceitful propagandistic title that they imposed onto the bill and then pretended that's what it really did and said. Yeah. Where this was just an outright lie about what the bill does, like a fabrication. Right. Oh, yeah. God. But that was um, all Salon. That's a, well, um, Salon's fucking... I thought they were going to go bust, and then suddenly they didn't go bust. I, I mean, was, it has, like, enough of a name that even if you just put, like, a few thousand dollars... Like, I would, I would buy it if I were going to, you know... Let's buy it. I'll, I'll go in for ten. <laughs> all right, let's do it. We, we can go. do it, and then we can just own it. We can just pop with, like, neo-Nazi propaganda. Whatever the fuck we want. We'll give... We'll, we'll just, like, a Holocaust revision. We'll give, Mon, we'll give Mo, Moke, uh, uh, Moshe a, totally. a, an entire column of race science coffee. Her and... Uh, and and, uh, Steve Saylor. Steve Saylor. Right and also the gay bodybuilder. Uh, oh, the, uh, the, uh, BAP. BAP, Bronze yeah, yeah, yeah. BAP, yeah. Bronze age fascist. Bronze. So we can have them have their own, like, Bronze. aesthetic style section. Yeah. It would be a big hit. I mean, it would, it would make way more money than wherever the... We can hire Nick Fuentes as a columnist. He got he got kicked out of the festival. I know, so he's available. <laughs> so he's available. Oh, he was going to be here? He was going to be here. He got kicked out. Because, I don't know, maybe they found some I have a friend who's very left. And she, of all the people on the right, the only people on the right she likes is Nick Fuentes. Because one of her big issues is Palestine, and he, of course, despises Israel. Oh, right. Okay. Which makes him popular in certain circles, even though it's not quite, like, driven by a pro-Palestinian instinct, but other sentiments. Right. But nonetheless, is aligned with these, like, Israel haters. And she is angry and upset that, like, all these free speech mavens and anti-cancel culture people on the right never stand up for him because he's one of the few people who touches the actual third rail, which is Israel. Right. I get what I... That, you hear that a lot, right? Like, that, that, like, that kind of loophole... 
It, it, I do agree. I want to leave Nick Fuentes aside, yeah. but like I do agree that there is this like radical inconsistency that I wrote read about before. But like it's even worse now, where that realm of the kind of like supposedly heterodox anti-cancel culture pro pro free speech right believes that all accusations of racism or homophobia or bigotry of any kind are invalid and unfair and and fabricated, except for anti-Semitism, which they see everywhere. Okay. So they're extremely sensitive. Their radar is attuned to like a hundred for any signs of anti-Semitism. Any yeah. remnant of Israel criticism instantly provokes accusations of being a Jew hater. Yeah. Whereas every other kind of racism and bigotry is immediately declared unfair and unwarranted by them. Right. There is that. There is definitely that contradiction. Well, and then, and then on top of that contradiction comes the fact that they're very willing to sanction or at least overlook what is one of the most aggressive forms of censorship, which is anti-Palestinian or pro-Israel censorship. But you never, almost never hear them raising a voice no, against don't. Palestinian professors being fired or, you know, like activist groups against Israel being silenced or otherwise right. punished. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a... A totally valid criticism. Yeah, it's a valid criticism. There's no, there's no way around that. I don't think it, I don't think it's a valid counter, like... No, it doesn't disprove it their doesn't, theory, but yeah. it makes them unreliable advocates of those principles. I mean, yeah, they're they're basically, you know, you look at like, I mean, we could, this is part of a larger conversation, but it's like, I always, I don't trust conservatives when it comes to a whole host of, a whole range, as a stupid drag queen discourse proves. Right, right. The fact that they'll just, the fact that they're just, uh, um, uh, do this whole like potpourri kind of style bunching together of the real problem with a bunch of ancillary just cultural kind of window dressing problems right. that aren't actually problems because right. they don't understand them because it's not their it's not their bag they don't know the last thing about gay culture exactly. because they're culturally dead and people. it's like the most anti-intellectual sort of like method to seize on some like my 17 year old nephew who's Brazilian right yesterday was telling me he believes there's all this racism everywhere in the US and I asked him for his evidence and he started citing videos that he saw online of like black people of white people being you know racistly aggressive toward black people right and I was trying to explain to him that that's not evidence in a country right. of 350 million people and that's what a lot of them do they just seize on you know well, bad behavior like, yeah. by a particular group yeah and it's very inflammatory and they do have bad behavior by every group so you, you just constantly like there used to be those blogs those right wing blogs in the early 2000s during the Bush years every time like a Muslim would do something violent they would you know focus on it right well, that, now, yeah. you know and yeah of course Muslims engage in violence but if you only focus on that to the extent that everyone else you're going to create this distorted picture of Muslim. Right, that's why Libs of TikTok is in that, in the category of that kind of like, it's like, it's like, it's the slot, same, it's like the slot machine where a, a version of racial, like, you know, police, police violence, uh, uh, like, it's the same sort of thing. If you're like watching a video of a police, of a, an arrest gone wrong, and, and that one little clip is going to lead to a net, like a conclusion about this massive systemic problem. Exactly. It's the same sort of thing as uh, watching a, a, a Mexican drag queen at, uh, you know, La Quintera Taco with her, have her fucking uh, uh, cantaloupe yeah. pop out onto somebody's margarita, and it's like, this isn't even a, this isn't even a sec, this is just a stupid low-rent brunch. That, and, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is not, and also, there's that other inconsistency, which is uh, they were waving the banner of parental rights and parental autonomy when it came to not teaching kids in school 
critical race theory, right. but then suddenly parents who want to take their kids to drag shows or who want to get their kids treatment for gender dysphoria ought to be prosecuted as, as abusers. Right. Like what happened to parental autonomy? Yeah, parents should be allowed to groom their children. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right? Well, that, that, yeah. We all groom our children. I'm gonna make clear that, oh, okay. that was you're not, you're who's the who's the coolest billionaire right now in your view? Welcome, welcome to the casino. I see you've been enjoying some roulette. That was our buddy Fyodor's favorite game. Mr. Fyodor Dostoevsky loved to play roulette. Some would say he was addicted like hell to the game. Guy lost all his money several times, had to beg Freds for loans, had to write long letters to women apologizing like a silly buffoon. Call Gamblers Anonymous. But how can you call anything a degenerate addiction when it moves a mind to create crime and punishment? To conceive and create crime and punishment. Give credit to the casino where credit is due is all I'm saying. Fyodor claimed he had a system. Not just between you and me. There's no such thing as a system. A so-called system is just a story you make up to glorify your good luck. So you feel like you earned it. Like most lifelong gamblers, some would say addicted, but I would say lifelong, Fyodor started with a huge win. It was like 40 grand in today's money. Was Fyodor the kind of person to ascribe an event like that to being a lucky bitch? No. He's a novelist, so of course, he needed a system. He thought there must be some kind of invisible order to the chaotic patterns of chance, because he had an imagination. And that this invisible order smiled on the player who doesn't freak out. His system was a fantasy of absolute emotional self-control. That was his system. He wagered all his money that you could beat the odds if you simply chose not to be flustered by them. And he did this many times. I don't know if his system was designed to flatter his virtues or flatter his vices. I do know we have a bunch of letters from him justifying his losses and they sound pretty insane. But we also have the idiot and crime and punishment and crime and punishment. You want a system, here's a system. It's the game itself, which uses math to give the casino an edge. Where Fyodor was playing, the roulette system was designed to give the casino a 2.6% edge, or something like that. But those wheels only had one zero, and at some point a second zero was added, the double zero, so the edge was now 5.2%, and Apparently nobody complained, so now we've got people adding a third zero slot with a little Mirage logo on it while keeping the rest of the payouts all the same. Make of this what you will. 
showers used to be more intense, toasters used to last forever, and roulette used to pay better odds. So far, I only hear one filthy Armenian complaining. Oh, speaking of ethnicities, here's our oldest blackjack dealer in the casino. The only one who's been with us since the day we opened. Here she is right now, Mrs. Chong. You seem scared. Come on, it looks like the life has been drained from your eyes. You must be one of those people who are susceptible to racial stereotypes about the cooler Asian dealer. Well, I'm gonna tell you a little secret. On Tuesday nights like this, Mrs. Chong deals out so many winning hands that the regulars have started calling her Cha-Ching Chong. Cha-Ching Chong. Say that nickname in your head a few times and I think you'll forget all about racial stereotypes. Blackjack is a friendlier game than roulette, if you play strategically. Less than 1% edge to the casino. In fact, our edge in blackjack is so thin that professionals who are capable of counting cards can beat us at our own game. To beat the house at its own game, you either need to cheat or you need photographic memory. And we call that cheating too and kick you out if we catch it. There's another interesting detail about blackjack. In blackjack, the house gets an advantage because you go first. Going first means you can bust before the dealer has a chance to bust. That is our edge in blackjack. Just thought you should know. Our edge in craps is also pretty small if you play conservative, you know craps the huge table with the dice and all those outcomes you can bet on. Snake eyes, heart aid. They make movies out of the bets you can make at craps. And people go on crazy runs at craps. They can roll the dice dozens of times without landing on a single seven. And then they think they have a system, a way of tossing the dice that influences how they land. And if they know the phrase crap shoot, they tend to forget it when they're playing craps. And if you don't like craps, we got Baccarat. And if you don't like Baccarat, we got all these slot machines you can yank mindlessly, no strategy at all. And if machines are not your thing, well, we got a sports book right here where you can play the men or the women or the ponies. Pick some games, evaluate the humanity, the relative humanity, and place a bet. And all you gotta do is be right 52.7% of the time, and you come out ahead. Some people can do it. Probably not you, but some people can. Just between you and me. Sometimes I think it's crazy what kind of business I'm part of at the casino. At some point in history, we convince people that if they just hand over their money, but slowly, it would be fun. That's the entire entertainment. Just handing over your money in interesting intervals. But that is action, baby. That's action, baby. That's action. We invented a new kind of action, and it's available to anyone. A place where the stakes are always high enough. A place where your life never runs out of meaning. 
no matter how old and decrepit you are. So long as you have a little bit of money in your pocket, of course. Where was I? Shit. Anyway, that's what we invented. And all by rigging the odds. Just enough that you still want to beat them. That little 1%, 2% edge. And look what came out of it. These beautiful fountains, the fancy rooms you're staying in, the sculptures, the volcano, the oxygen, the buffets, anything you want at any hour, the clubs, uh, the pools, the Cirque du Soleil, the men of action and the women of style. Take away the scam and it all disappears. And all that's left here is the old Mormon fort. What's that? Oh, you say uh, gamblers are mostly fatzos and flip-flops now? You say hot James Bond types in suits don't spend much time yelling hit me anymore? How about we get you a cocktail on the house, huh? What would you like? Aperol spritz? Espresso martini? Lots of bougie bitches drinking espresso martinis these days. Because God forbid a woman should have a coffee drink that's under $17. Oh, I almost forgot your tickets to tonight's show. Glenn Greenwald at the casino. Glenn Greenwald, author, most recently of Securing Democracy, My Fight for Press Freedom and Justice in Bolsonaro's Brazil, and the bestseller, No Place to Hide, Edward Snowden, the NSA, and the U.S. Surveillance State. He runs a very popular substack at greenwald.substack.com and he lives in Rio with his husband David Miranda to whom we wish a speedy and complete recovery from his recent medical setback. Glenn Greenwald is a man who hates cheating as much as we do and he knows how to spot it at the highest levels and even if none of his current friends believe him when he spots a cheat he never ever backs down. I can't speak for any other casinos, but when Glenn Greenwald accuses someone on my side of cheating at the highest levels, well, I appreciate that very much because we know he's not trying to destroy the house. He likes to play here. We know he's just trying to keep things fair. And we appreciate that because our system depends on trust and it's a pretty third world fucking casino that doesn't have any Glenn Greenwald to keep it honest. So let me take you up to a suite right now where the conversation is about to continue and you'll hear all about the origins of Glenn Greenwald, how he became who he is, how he got into gambling, uh, his real feelings about Donald J. Trump, the gay scene, how to spot a real Russian agent, and how he learned to stand up for the underdog and play the long shot because that's the only way to hit a jackpot. Speaking of which, before I let you in, I am gonna have to take a look at your player's card. To listen to the rest of this episode, become a subscriber at patreon.com slash filthy Armenian. It goes for about another two hours, and there are 20 other secret chapters of this adventure available for subscribers only. 
Thank you for listening. And if you like what you hear, please do spread the word. See you on the other side of the paywall.